Pastor Varun and Pastor Don Lahaprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus said the same thing in Mark chapter 16, 15 to 19. And he said to them, to them including you and me, not only the early church disciple. This is the final words that the Lord Jesus was speaking to his church, to his disciple. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. We call these two passages the Great Commission. The Great Commission should be our ambition. The Great Commission should be in our blood and bone. Because every time somebody gets saved, heaven rejoices. Every time you witness to somebody, the Lord Jesus Christ is very happy because we are obeying His command. And this command is not only for certain people, like pastor, preacher, evangelist, or apostle, or some missionary. But this command is for every single believer in the church. If you call yourself a born-again Christian or a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, this command or great commission is for you as well, not only for me or for certain preacher. Amen. The Bible says in Proverbs 11.30, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, but he who wins souls is wise. How many people want God to call you wise? I want God to call me wise. I don't want God to call me dumb or foolish person. He who wins soul is wise in the eyes of God. It doesn't matter how many diploma you have on the wall of your house. If you win soul, God call you wise because that is the heart of God. Therefore, as a church, we need to go out of the four walls of the building of the church and learn how to share the gospel with people. We need to learn how to share the testimony and share Christ with other people. You know, in the early church, they pray in the church, but, but they preach outside the four walls of the church. But nowadays, we wait for people to come to the church on Sunday and preach to them in the church on Sunday. In fact, we should pray in the church. We can hear the word. But preaching the gospel, telling people about Christ should be happening at your neighborhood, at your workplace, at your, on the street, at the bus stop, in the hospital, in the operating room, in your school, in your classroom. Everywhere you go, you should preach the gospel with your actions and with your words. Amen? Do you know that those who don't know Christ, they don't care about different doctrines in the church? 
They don't care whether you baptize under the water or by sprinkling. They don't care whether you speak in tongue or not or you don't speak in tongue. They don't care you sing hymns or you sing what kind of song in the church. What they need to hear is the Lord Jesus Christ. We are not preaching about our doctrine, but we're preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. Go and tell people that Jesus loved them. Don't fight in the church how to run care group, how your group do this and how your group do that. Why not that? Why this, that? Why we have lunch? Why we lay hand? Why we don't lay hand? This is something that the devil tried to get the church busy fighting each other and arguing with each other. And then we all lose strength and lose energy to go and witness to people. And when we look at another person in the church, I don't like him. I don't like the way he does that. And you just spend all energy all day long to think about the conflicts in the church. I want to say to you that stop having conflicts. Stop pointing finger to each other. Millions of people out there 100,000 of people in Seattle are going to hell. They are not going to heaven. If we keep spending energy fighting in the church or fighting between churches about different doctrines and theologies, the world will never get saved. We need to go out and tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Let the minor be minor and the major be major. What is the major? Major is the name of Jesus. Amen. So I want to encourage all of you in the early time of year 2009 that we want to be the church that preached the gospel. And I believe that if you obey the Lord and stop fighting and stop arguing and having conflict in the church, I believe that the Lord will bless the church greatly. Amen. Hallelujah. We are not preaching condemnation. We are not going out there and say, you know, you are wicked. You are a sinner. God is going to send you to hell, burning with fire. You're going to die in hell. If we preach like that, people will not come to the Lord Jesus Christ. We go out and preach the love of Jesus Christ. Jesus loved you. Jesus died for you. Jesus wants to help you. Jesus wants to provide you. The goodness of God brings people to repentance. We are not preaching condemnation to people. We are preaching the goodness of God. God is is good. Amen? And God wants to love people and help people. And if you preach the goodness of God, people will come into repentance. So we need to preach about the love of God. When we talk about revival, you know revival is not just about laughter, falling, shaking, touching of the Holy Spirit. Revival is that about the touching of the fire of God. And the fire of God will burn on the inside of you to have the passion of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the passion, the greatest passion of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you don't know, I want to tell you today, the greatest passion of the Lord Jesus Christ is the lost soul to be saved. If you say you are in a revival, but you don't preach the gospel, I doubt that you are really in revival. People who are revived cannot sit still. Yesterday, I told one brother in the church that, when I fly to Thailand or come to church, I never take it as a job or profession or come here because of my job or because of my responsibility. I come here because I really love to be here. I fly to Thailand to preach the gospel or I witness to my patient in the hospital because I love to do it, because it's my passion. Amen. I don't know about you, when I go into some restaurant, some Chinese restaurant or some American restaurant, and I don't focus much on the steak, or on the 
plate on my table. But I look around and see people and say, God, these people don't know Christ. I pray for them. I really have a hard burden to tell them about Jesus Christ. There is a passion. It's more important than my food. The food that I eat is to do the will of my Father. Amen. That is in revival. People who in revival will think about the lost soul all the time. We think about how to get people out of hell and go to heaven. Amen. And God put all of us in the different places. Some of us may live in the downtown Seattle. Some of us may be in some Amish area. Some of us may be in North Seattle. God put you there so that every person from the crack house to the penthouse is not going to spend time in hell, but in heaven. God put you everywhere in society so every house can hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe God put me in the hospital so that the nurse and the doctor can hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm glad that lately more doctors and nurses start to join my Facebook. When I see that, I say, yes! They're going to hear the gospel from now on because I'm going to tell them the love of Jesus Christ. Actually, one doctor already donated money to help the needy in Burma. She knows that now I'm a pastor. Amen. So she started to get involved with Christian church. And that's good. She needs to hear the gospel. She needs to see that Christians love the needy and love the poor and we want to help people. Amen. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 say, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, and also for the Greek, and also for the Chinese, and also for the Vietnamese, and also for the Thai, and for the Laotian, and for the uh, Latino, and also for Americans, and for every nation in the world, the gospel is the power of God. Paul said that I'm not ashamed of the gospel. What does it mean? When you are not ashamed of the gospel, it means your action will show. People will see it, that you are walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. You will do something. You will open your home. You will call somebody. You will put scripture in the Facebook. You will tell people that Jesus loved you. You dare to share about God while you sitting in the classroom because you are not ashamed of the gospel. You will tell people that Jesus loves you. You will tell people how much Jesus is good to you. You will take action. You will do something. Feed people. Visit people in jail. Visit people in the orphanage. Go visit people who are disheartened right now. You will do something if you are not ashamed of the gospel. And the Bible says that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ also is the power of God when you carry the gospel around you, you carry the power. And that power can do two things. Can do to you and can do to the people who listen. When you share the gospel with people all the time, the power of God will flow through you. The Holy Spirit will do something and they may get saved. They may get healed. Something will happen to them. Salvation will come into their home, to their kids. Amen. Yesterday, I was, have a chance to talk to Lisa a member of our church. And when I talked to Lisa, I was thinking about Diana and John. And I was so thankful that somebody shared the gospel with Lisa. And because of that, Lisa come to church now, get saved. And then her kids, Diana and John, get saved and come to know the Lord. What is the power of God that can change the children in that house, can change their life in that house? 
And not only that, when you share, you carry the gospel around, the power of God in, is in you to make wealth just so that you can preach more, so that you can have more than enough. The cups run over to preach the gospel. I believe that whoever preaches the gospel will never lack anything. God will provide for them to do the job. Your boss in heaven, in my Facebook, I say that I work for the company called Kingdom of God. My boss who pay my money is not the hospital. It's not the health insurance company. My boss who pay my bill to spend and to pay for my house is God because I'm living for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and have the power of God to make wealth. Amen. Amen. So if you live for the gospel, you will experience that power. And you can go out and share the gospel. Every time you share the gospel, you give people opportunity to accept Christ. Amen. You give people opportunity to turn around and repent of their sin. And that's good. Don't just feed them with food. Don't just give, take them to the, only the movie. But tell them about the love of Jesus Christ. Practice. Open your mouth telling people about Jesus all the time. Amen. And that's what we should do. As we preach the gospel, we don't preach the message of condemnation. The Holy Spirit will do the job. What is the job of the Holy Spirit when we preach the gospel? Do you know that you don't save anybody? Only God can save people. Your job is to share, to show, to take action. And Jesus will save them. So you can take the pressure off you. You don't say, oh, you know, I cannot save them. I can share. No, no, you just sow the seed. You just show love. You just be good to them and share the, Lord, the love of Jesus with them. And the Holy Spirit will convict them. It's not your job to convict anybody. It's your job to love them. It's your job to just tell them the gospel, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the Holy Spirit will convict, will speak into their heart. Amen. How many people in this room have experienced that when we, somebody shared the gospel when you were non-believer, the Holy Spirit spoke, was speaking to you? You have that experience? Amen. So God going to do the same thing to your friend. It's not about arguments that going to win people. Don't argue. When people start to argue with you, you just calm down and don't argue. Just tell people about the love of Jesus. Arguments will not win any soul. Amen. Just love people. Look at people with the love of Jesus. One of the reasons I love revival, because when the Holy Spirit touched me, I begin to love people more. And my eyes can shine the love of Jesus into their heart. People see the love of Jesus on the inside of me. And the Lord has given you everything to be able to share the gospel. Do you know that the Lord gives you cars? The Lord gives you jobs. The Lord gives you hand and feet and education. The Lord gives you money and paycheck. The Lord gives you everything in your life right now, not just so that you can have good life, but so that you can share the gospel of God with people. Amen? Sometimes my flesh tells me, actually sometimes I talk to my wife, Pastor Da, Maybe I should cut down going to foreign country only two times a year because it's so hard to fly and have jet lag. But then the Holy Spirit speaks to me. Son, I give you money. I give you strength and health. You are not sick at all. You have no pain in your body. You are not taking any medication. 
I give you money, the anointing, the job. I gave you the best job in the world in Bellevue and Kirkland so that you can go and preach the gospel. Are you going to cut off? Are you going to be selfish and thinking about yourself and enjoy your prosperity? No, God, I want to use everything that you give to me. We have about maybe five meetings or four meetings a week in our house. And one time, one of our members tell her friend that, you know, our pastor never get paid, but he opened the house to have meetings about five or four times a week. That friend was shocked. How come? And we're still rejoicing doing it because my house is for the gospel. Every time I buy the house, the first thing I have is, can people come easily? Do we have a parking space? Can we have meeting? You know why? Because everything that God gives to me is for the gospel. It's not just for myself. God provides for you everything. You know why we should have that attitude? Our attitude should be like Christ. Our attitude should be that salvation of soul is our primary concern. You know that on the day when Jesus Christ carried the cross, he was beaten up. His forehead with blood come out. His primary concern of doing that on that day, 2,000 years ago, was the salvation of the lost soul in the world. The top priority of the Lord Jesus on earth, church, listen to me. The top priority of the heart of God is to see people out there, out of these four walls, saved. It's not about argument in the church, how we're going to run the church. It's about the salvation of the lost soul out there. If you can put primary concern of God into your primary concern, if you can put the priority of God into your priority, I believe your life will never be the same. The Lord can smile. Amen? One day I'm going to teach about body, soul, and spirit. And the Lord spoke to me that if every Christian walk in the spirit, which means that they have the relationship with the person named the Lord Jesus Christ, and then ask the Lord Jesus Christ all the time, what can I do to make you happy? That is walking in the spirit. What walking in the flesh means, what can I do to make my body happy? Walking in the soul means, what can I do to make me feel good? But when you walk in the spirit, inside you, the Lord Jesus who is on the inside of you, you speak to him. Is this make you happy? This morning when I was driving to church, the Lord told me that, do you know, son, why I sent Jesus Christ into the world and walked on earth for, the, for 33 years before he died? Because I want to tell the church that Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is about a person. You have the person. His name is Jesus Christ. And that person still have the same primary concern. That person still have the same passion. I believe if he has to die 500 times on the cross to save man, but thank God only one time, he will come again today and die on the cross again to save the lost in this generation. His primary concern, he, that person, Christianity is not about religion. 
about meeting and about coming to church for any ritual, ritualistic talking. But it's about the person and his primary concern is out there, the lost. You should pray every day. This is my prayer. God, burn all the junk out of me. Burn all the selfishness out of me. Burn all the sin out of me so that I can be the light and the salt of the world so that I can have boldness to preach the gospel like the, in the early church. Anoint me, Lord, because people out there are so bound with demon and bound with sickness and disease. When I went to Tampa a couple weeks ago, when God touched me on the floor, I said, God, anoint me more so that I can go and preach the gospel. And when I lay hand on the sick, they shall recover. When I lay hand on them, the demon will come out of them. I can set the captive free by the power of the Holy Spirit. Give me your passion, Lord, that I want to preach the gospel for you. Give me the same heart. Make your priority my priority. I want to have a primary concern for the lost soul. I want to have goal. Every one of us should have soul goal. You know, you may have pension goal. How much you're going to save before you retire. That's good. You should save. You should not spend it all. You should not just spend your money to buy good stuff out there and spend it all and get credit card debt. No, you should save money and have a goal that when you retire, you have money to spend. And you have money for your children as well. Leave some inheritance for your children. Don't spend it all. But you should have soul goal. Maybe this year you say, every single month, I will save one soul a month. I will witness to somebody. I'm going to invite somebody to my house for dinner, for lunch. I'm going to go out with somebody for lunch and dinner. Jesus burned on the inside of me to have that passion to save the lost soul. Evangelism can be done the best through relationship. Your relative, your friends, your co-workers, your classmates, people around you, that you can witness to. How many of your relatives, how many of your friends would have been in hell today if Jesus would come back today? Because you have not shared the gospel of the Lord Jesus with them. Today, I understand Chinese New Year. Last night, I decided to call my dad and call my sister-in-law and my brother who are not a believer yet to say Happy New Year to them because I want to witness to them. I want to witness to my sister-in-law. I want to tell her that I love her. At midnight, I call Thailand. I want to witness. I want to tell her that Christian care and love and think about you. Amen? We should do everything to save the lost soul. Relational evangelism. We all have the circle of influence in our life. Somebody say like this, if every Christian in the world stand all around the world and draw the circle of influence, maybe you know 200 people, maybe I know 500 people, and I put that circle around me, put 500 people around me and draw the circle, somebody say that that circle will touch one another. So in other words, if every Christian share the gospel to their friends, to their relatives, to their loved one, to people who associate with them, everyone will hear the gospel. And when everyone hears the gospel, the Lord Jesus will come back. 
Because the Bible said the end will come when the gospel is preached all over the world. So we all should take that responsibility. We should not push that responsibility to the angels, to God, and to certain preacher, to certain evangelists. Everybody has a circle of influence. One time I asked one of our sisters, we went to a water baptism ceremony for the afternoon service. And I listened to a testimony of everyone who gets saved and baptized in water that day. 90% of people who baptized that day came from one sister in the church. And Pastor Da asked her, what is the secret that you can bring so many people to Christ and come to church? She said, keep inviting. Never give up. Keep calling, inviting, until they come one day. Don't give up. Amen. So all of us can do the same thing. We can call people, we can email, we can Facebook. We can do anything to keep inviting people, showing love to people, take action of love. Do you notice that the world is in trouble, economy, sickness? People have financial problems. People have family problems. All the world needs the help and the love of God. They may not know it. But the only thing in the world that is more powerful enough to be able to overcome all these evil forces against people, poverty, sickness, relationship problem, any problem in the world, the most powerful thing in the world that can overcome this is the outrageous, radical, contagious, unconditional love of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have no doubt at all. No matter how a person is messy in their life, is so in a mess in their life, if that person accepts Jesus Christ and join to the good local church, I have no doubt at all that that person's life will turn around and have a new abundant life. You sometimes when people walk into the church and they feel like, oh, what a nutcase. Look like it's just like impossible case. No job, depressed, relationship is bad, big debt. But every time I start to think like that, the Holy Spirit remind me, Son, I can move the mountain. Everyone who come to know God, the Lord Jesus Christ, I can fix it. Because my love is stronger than the evil one. And we carry that love on the inside of us to tell people that God loved you and God can fix the problem for you. Amen. 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 Have you heard the word mission? You've never seen the word mission in the Bible. The word mission is from the Latin word, which means a task assigned. It means being sent out. It's not in the Bible, but the Lord Jesus said that in the Bible about mission. Go all over the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The world may be your neighbor. A lot of you think that the world means Japan. No, the world is your neighbor. The world is student in your classroom at Seattle University. The world is my hospital, my office. 
The world is around you. Some of you, the world may be your neighbor. Some of you may be the world is Japan that you become a missionary in Japan one day. The world for me is America because God sent me to be a missionary in America. I am doing the mission right now in America. And you can do the same mission with your neighbor at Microsoft, at Boeing Company, at your workplace, that that is the world for you. And God said that I send you into the world to preach the gospel to every creature. That is your job. We call the Great Commission. And that Great Commission is not only for early church believers, but for all of us in this generation as well. I want to read a few scriptures to show you that to preach the gospel is not only the, what the mouth say. A lot of Christians like to preach. Keep talking. Oh, Jesus loves you. Oh, Jesus loves you. Yeah, Jesus loves you. Oh, God can heal you. God can. A lot of people like to talk a lot, but they don't have any actions. Preaching the gospel, I want to say to you like this. Start from your action. Actions speak louder than words. You preach the gospel through your action more than your words. And if it's necessary, you speak up. But if you keep talking, but your action doesn't do anything, that word will mean nothing. I'll show you the scripture and i explain why. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 14 to 21. Whatever we do, it is because Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for everyone, we also believe that we have all died to the old life we used to live. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live to please themselves. If you have Christ, you don't live to please yourself. My time, my sleep in on Sunday morning, on Saturday morning. You don't live for yourself to please yourself. Instead, they will live to please Christ. Christ is a person, not a religion, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others by what the world thinks about them instead of looking at the world and keep judging, 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 attacking people. You don't do that anymore. Once I mistakenly thought of Christ that way, as though he were merely a human being. How differently I think about him now. What this means is that those who become Christian become new persons. They are not the same anymore. For the old life is gone, a new life has begun. All this newness of life is from God and brought us back to himself through what Christ did. And listen carefully, I come to the point now. And God has given New Hope International Church the task of reconciling people to Him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. This is the wonderful message He has given New Hope International Church to tell others. We are Christ's ambassadors, and God is using us to speak to you. We urge you, New Hope International Church, as though Christ himself were here pleading with you. As though Christ is on earth right now pleading the world through you. God is making his appeal to the world to reconcile to him 
through you. He wants you to be his mouth, his hand, his eyes, to bring people back to reconcile to him. Be reconciled to God. Call people to come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ Jesus. Paul tried to say that we are His representative, and God wants to make His appeal to the world. Come back. We were enemies. You sinned against me. Now come back to be friend. I want to be friend with you. And you know who's going to speak for Him? His ambassador. And who are the ambassadors of Christ? Who? We are. We have the job to tell people that Christ loved them, and Christ is calling them back to have relationship with Him. So the question is that we should ask ourselves every day: What am I doing every single day, seven days a week, to help somebody else to know Christ? How do I spend time and money to help people to know Jesus Christ? How I spend my life? How do I use my talents and energy to bring people back to relationship with Christ? Do we all have to be an aggressive preacher, like some evangelists, and come in and pow, pow, pow? No, you can preach the gospel with your actions and with your words. I put action first before words, because the Bible says. Not just only the word. Yes, you need to preach the gospel with your word, because the Bible says instead you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if you are asked about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain. You need to know the word and be ready to talk about the salvation, about the love of Jesus. You are ready, but people are not going to ask you if you are mean all the time. You never feed them. You never pay for that dinner. You never show love to them. You're always stingy and very greedy and selfish. When people look at you, I don't want to hear from anything you say. No, you're so selfish. I'm not going to ask you what church you go to, what kind of Bible you read. I don't want to associate with you. You're so selfish. But if you're generous, you open your homes, you love people, you call them, you visit them, you love them. After a while, they will say. Hey man, what church you go to? What kind of p- belief you have? Hey man, tell me. I want to hear, and then you can share the hope on the inside of you. Is that right? You start from the action. The Bible say now action. Matthew five fourteen to sixteen. You are the light of the world, like a city on a mountain. People need to see first, not hear first. See. The light of the world, glowing in the night for all to see. Don't hide your light under a basket. Instead, put it on a stand and let it shine for all. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Yesterday, I got a letter from a person who said, "Dear Pastor," and two pages long letter, and say thank you at the end, but no name on it. So when I read the letter, I don't know who sent it to me. If you are in this room right now, you send that letter to me. I want to answer you. That letter, in conclusion, asked me, "Oh, I'm a Christian. I'm confused. 
Many people who I know in, not in this church tell me that if as a Christian I can continue in sin and it's okay. Pastor, could you explain to me? I want to explain right now. If you're in this room, if you become a Christian, you make a decision not to sin anymore, and the, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can stop sinning. Because how can you become the light of the world if you're still cheating, lying, stealing time from your company, stealing pen from your company, get out from work early, go to work late, and lazy? No one gonna believe in your Christ. You need to get out of sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. I can stop sinning not because of my own self, but because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And then you can become the light of the world. And then Paul continued to say, "Let me read the scripture, Second Corinthians chapter three, two to three. But the only letter of recommendation we need is you yourself. Everyone, hear that." The letter of recommendation that God is good is you yourself. Your life are a letter written in our heart. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work, not good word. People see your good work among you. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ prepared by us. It is written not with pen and ink. But with the spirit of the living God, it is carved not on the stone but on human hearts. So what Paul tried to say is this: In order to preach the gospel, you are a living letter. People see Christ in you when people meet you at the school, when people meet you at the office and say hi, how are you? They can read. Jesus Christ loved me. He saved me. He cared for me. They can read just by looking at you. <sighs> Your action have to show Christ. Shy the love of Christ to people. If you go to work and cuss all the time and say bad words, gossiping, lazy, cheating time, people look at you. They don't see Christ. Do you notice one thing? This is a human nature. When people get hurt physically, financially, or emotionally, they are not open to listen. Is that right? But when their needs are met and you talk, they open. This is the key. That's why Christians need to show love to the needy, to the hurting, to the sick. That's why Jesus came, went out to heal the sick, cast out demons, and after he did that, he preached. People listened to him. We need to do good deeds to the needy, to the hurting first. Amen. Amen. Show love to them first, not just preach, 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 preach. And people say, "So what?" I heard this about ten times in the TV in America. People preach the gospel in America everywhere in the TV, but I want to see action. That you're willing to do something good to me. Amen. Amen. It's normal. That's why we need to take action first. Right now. There are more unsaved people in the world living on earth than the saved. It's our job in this generation to preach the gospel. We will do anything to be able to get the gospel out there. And if you preach the gospel, God is going to do the rest later on. If you are not giving up doing good, yesterday I want to tell you the good news. 
I'm so happy. We have a big dinner at our house. We order food from a Thai restaurant. And then the owner of the Thai restaurant came in. He and his girlfriend came in, put the food on the table, everything. I said, "Thank you so much for doing this delivery for us." I and Pastor Da and the church tried so many times, tried a long time to witness and show love to his girlfriend, the owner, the girl. Actually, they're both owners, but they're girlfriend, boyfriend. Before they left, they said, "Pastor Lau, we have something to talk to you." I said, "What?" And this is just delivery food. Why you need to talk to me? This is not a counseling session. I have friend coming in about 10 people, 15 people. He said, "Just quick." So I went into the living room and sit down. And the girlfriend say, "I think I'm ready to get saved." <laughs> we bow our head and we pray to accept Christ. Amen. Delivery food. It's salvation. <laughs> and not only that, she said, "I want to be baptized in water too. Let's set up." I said, "We're gonna sit down and talk after this. We're gonna find time. We can sit down and talk about water baptism. <sighs> Make my day." That money that I and Pastor Dad spent to buy food from that restaurant worth it, because one soul saved that night. The rest come to eat food that is uh, just more like <laughs> byproduct. Byproduct. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, man, you know these ladies have known us for years and years, but always say no to us, to Christ, until the timing comes. You see, if you are not giving up, showing love to people. Our church should have the goal to see people saved, and I want to say one more thing: the most important weapon to get people into know Christ is not argument, not condemnation, not theology, but the love of God. John chapter 13 verses 34 to 35 say, "I give you a new commandment, that you should love one another just as I have loved you." So you two should love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you love one another, if you keep on showing love among yourself, we need to make decision to stop arguing, fighting in the church, but loving one another, helping one another. And when the people see that love, they want to become like Christ. We need to have a revolution of our thinking. An action that we're gonna walk in love, and that love is not about the sermon we preach. That love is not the theology that we discuss. That love is to help people to have a better quality of life, Amen. to help one another, to show love to one another. I want to encourage all of you to really. Not just giving tithe to the church. That tithe is for the daily activity and spending in the church, for the salary of the full-time worker. But you set aside money to look around you. This morning, I woke up and I wrote a check to give to something for the needy. I will not tell you who, what, where, but I wrote that check. This is for the needy. Because 
I want to touch the life of people by helping them having a better life first. Actually, one day I clicked on my computer, the Bible program, and I clicked the word. I just type in poor, P-O-O-R, poor, and I click hundreds of scripture, and I start to read all of them, and I notice that God really cares for the poor. And it really convict me that we need to really take care of the poor in the church, outside the church. I'm not talking about taking care of the lazy. If they work hard, they already done their best, but they're still poor, they don't have enough, we help them. Amen. God say, there will be poor all the time on in the world for you to take care. I believe that if you do that part, God going to let you preach the gospel and people will listen to you. I'm so glad that I put that article about helping people in Myanmar in my Facebook. Because when that internist saw my Facebook and read that article, she saw right away that our church care for the poor. It really touched her heart. She said, I want to join this cause with you. We're going to help the orphanage in Myanmar. You see, even non-believers out there. I mean, the last writing that she wrote to me in that Facebook, we write back and forth. Because my patient came late for the surgery, so I have to sit there writing Facebook. The, the patient has not shown up yet, so I have time to write a Facebook. And the last thing that she wrote to me, I am licking the envelope right now, <laughs> sending money to you. And that is a non-believer. How about the believers? Do you plan to help the needy? Do you plan to preach the gospel with your love action? Helping the needy, helping the poor. We have great sister in the church and brother that do the three love ministry in Uganda. We have people in the church that go out on the street to reach out to the poor. We should do that. I was so proud that this morning Pastor Da said that one member in the church have a budget to help the poor and ask me who should we give. I don't want to mention the name. Good. We need to take action. Amen. You just quit taking some coffee for a few times and you can help somebody to have a better life. Amen. And preach the gospel with your action. Preach the gospel with your word. God is love. We need to show love first. And tell people about the love of Jesus Christ. Join this cause together in this church. Amen. Make a difference in people's life. Extend the love of God to people. Be loving people, not judging people. Walk in the love of God and preach the gospel. And sometimes preaching the gospel is simple. I want to show you example. Ja, could you show people example of how to preach the gospel in a simple way? And can I invite somebody, uh, Steve, maybe you act like you are a non-believer. Can I have another microphone? So this is a stranger, or maybe a friend. This is a friend, and they just happened to meet somewhere. His name is Steve, if you don't know him. Okay, come in the middle here. Hello. Your heart. What? 
Ouais. Hi. Hey. How are you? Good. How are you? Very good. My name is Jai. Your name? Oh, hi. I'm Steve. Nice to meet you. You have a couple minutes that I can talk to you? Uh, you know, I got to get going, but yeah, what uh, what can I do for you? Um, I have a little survey and I would like to ask you some question. Oh, okay. Okay. Has anyone ever told you that God loved you and he has a wonderful plan for your life? Yeah, I think I've heard that before. Someone's told me that before, yeah. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have another question. If something happened to you this very second, you know for sure, beyond a shadow of doubt, that you would go to heaven? Like, like if I died or? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like if we um, died together or something like that? Uh, you know, I, I'm so busy with, to be honest, I'm so busy with my day-to-day -day stuff that I don't really think about the afterlife. And so I, I don't know. Maybe, okay. maybe. Okay. okay, I have good news for you. Okay. Let me share with you what the Bible say. Okay? The, okay. Bi the Bible say that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Mm. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Mm. And also the Bible say that whoever call upon the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. Mm. And you are that person. Mm. You are that whosoever. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, whosoever, that would be me, sure. Yeah, every one of us are, whosoever. So if you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Okay. So your name is Steve. My name's Steve, yes. Can I pray for you? Yeah, sure, why not? Okay. And I'll pray for Steve. Dear Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you will bless Steve with long and healthy life. Father, touch his heart. If Steve never know you. I pray that you will open his heart, that he will accept you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Stephen? Yes. Would you like to receive the gift that God has for you today? Sure. Oh, good. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so what you can do is just open your heart and okay. open your lips and pray after me. Okay. Okay? And all of you too. If you never received the Lord Jesus, you can do that and repeat after me. Okay. Just follow Steve, okay? Just follow me and then I will lead you in prayer. Easy? Sure, it's easy. Okay. Yeah. Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my sins. Today. Today. I want to invite you. I want to invite you. To come into my life. To come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. And my Savior. And my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I pray. I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. You see, it's very simple. It's very simple. How many people prayed with Steve a while ago? Raise your hand up. Whoever called on the name of the Lord a while ago, raise your hand up. Amen. I want to ask you the same question. If you were to die today, are you sure? Are you sure that you will make it to heaven? And God said that you can have eternal life through Christ Jesus. He died on the cross to pay for your sin. You just make a decision to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, and you will have eternal life. And after that, God will take care. He will teach you. He will guide you. If you're sincere to Him, He will guide you. How many people in this room want to make sure that you will make it to heaven? Raise your hand up. Raise your hand up. Make it to heaven. 
Hi, hi, hi. Why are you so shy to go? If I say you want to have a million dollars, I believe the hand will be very high. This is more important than one million dollars. How many people want to go to heaven for sure? Raise your hand. Up high, up high, up high. And wave, and wave, 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 wave. Okay, wave. Say with me, Jesus. Jesus. I call on your name. I repent of my sin. Come into my life right now. Forgive me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Congratulations. Heaven rejoices. We want to shut hell and open the door of heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you stirred today? Are you encouraged to think more about the loss? Let's say at the same time, my primary concern is a lost soul. Jesus went to the cross for the lost. He came to seek and save that which was lost. I will do the same thing. I will go and seek and save that which is lost. Anoint me, Lord. Use me to do good works and to have more than enough to preach the gospel. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's give the mighty hand of praise to the Lord. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206 275 1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much.